to thresh. Threshing is really the malacha which was prior to, which takes place in the field a bit earlier than the malacha of Boyer. The malacha of Boyer, doshes to thresh, when they used to harvest. After they harvested the wheat, they would take the kernels together with the chaff and have it stamped on, either by animals or by men, or they would use a flail, as we explained all this at the beginning of Malachas Boyer, they would take a flail, which is a long wooden handled stick with a string and with a rope and another small little piece of wood at the end, which they used to hit with a lot of force against the wheat, which is lying on the floor, and that would separate the wheat from the kernels. So, dosh, though the word dosh really means to tread, dosh comes from the word treading, what we really are doing is separating the wheat from the kernels. So that gives you an idea of what the Malachas Dosh is all about, and it's really very simple. It's separating wheat from kernels, separating food from its outside protector. Whatever the protector is, whether it's a kernel, whether it's a chaff, whether it's... It can be food. Separating food from its outside protector is considered Dosh. We'll go through a little rundown of the background to Dosh, and discuss some of the difficulties in Dosh until we come to the most practical part of Dosh, which will be towards the end of the year and mainly the next year. Dosh and Boyer are completely different in the Malach that they, that they, they're two separate Malachas. Dosh is the Malach of, of separate, uh, Boyer is the Malach of sorting, but Dosh is to separate the food from its kernel. Not just they are different in its description, they are different in the Halachas as well. For instance, we learned in the Malach of Boyer that to do to be better, food from waste for immediate use, which we won't go right through all the list again of what's called immediate use, but to separate food from waste for immediate use is mutter. In Dosh, there's no such heta. There's no heta of separating the wheat from the kernel for immediate, immediate use. You fancy eating the wheat, so you're going to take the wheat out of the kernel, uh, the kernel out of the chaff, I mean, and eat the kernel. That's not, there's no heta in that. Alta, this heta which we have of immediate use, does not come into the picture when it comes to Mechaz Dosh. There is an element of Alta, as we will see later, but in a completely different form. We'll come to that in a few moments. <coughs> the Malach of Dosh is, again, in a way different to Boyer. Dosh has a criteria, which is it's got to be Geduli Karka. Dosh has to be separating two things which are grown in the ground. So when we call something gedule karka, it doesn't have to be literally grown in the ground. We really mean something that's the, it's, it's sustained from things grown in the ground. So for instance, anything grown in the ground would go under the banner of dosh. Animals is considered gedule karka with respect to the malach of dosh because an animal is sustained. Its food, its main food comes from the ground. Human beings would be called because human beings also are sustained from fruit which are grown in the ground. Birds, the prima Godin said, would also be considered kedulikarka, whereas fish, according to all shitters, fish is not kedulikarka. Now you might look at me and think I'm mad. Where does Disha come into, where does Dosh come into play when it comes to animals? And the answer is very simple. Milking a cow goes under the banner of Dosh. Because when you milk a cow, you are separating the mashka, the liquid, from the oichel, from the cow. It doesn't quite match the Melech of Dosh exactly, but it's a tolda of Dosh. It goes under the banner of Mefarik, as we'll see in a moment. Milking a cow in order to drink the milk is a Melech of Dosh. Same would be to, for a nursing mother to express her milk in order to use it as food for the child would be considered a Melech of Dosh. So even though I'm not growing in the ground, 
and the animals don't grow in the ground, but since they sustain themselves on the ground, we call them gidule karka, growing from the ground with respect to the Menachah of Dosh. So anything which goes up, which is sustained from the ground, would go under the banner of Dosh. However, if you had, say, a synthetic cloth, which was saturated with water, and you squeeze that, so you're separating the liquid from its casing, but yet there, the casing is not gidule karka, it's synthetic. So, there will be no issue of dosh there. To squeeze a synthetic sponge and allow all the liquid to come out, even if you intend to drink that liquid, whether you, you, know, whether you can drink it or not, but if you intend to drink it and you wanted to make, separate the oikul from its protective casing, that wouldn't be a maloch of dosh, because it's not gedule karka. The poskim say one mustn't do it. Where they get their source from, I'm not quite sure, but they say that it's quite unanimous that one mustn't do it because it looks too much like dosh and therefore one should refrain from doing it. But min it's got to be separating something which is grown in the ground or sustained from the ground. Something which is dis- disconnected from the ground completely, something synthetic, definitely doesn't go under the banner of the Malach of Dosh. The Av let's just go back to the beginning. The Av of Dosh is to separate the wheat, the kernel, from the chaff. Separating two other types of separations, for instance, liquid from its outside casing, milking a cow, etc., or squeezing fruit to extract the juice would go under the banner of mefarik, which is a tolder of dosh. It's not quite dosh, but it's the same idea. You're separating the liquid or separating the food from its protective casing. In the case of the wheat and the chaff, the chaff is the protecting case and the wheat is the food. You're taking that out. It's not quite, um, it, it's, it's actually quite separated. They are, it's just really connected inside but the chaff is outside, it's not completely around the, the wheat kernel, it's outside, and the wheat is connected by one point inside the chaff. When you stamp on it, that separates it, and you've separated the wheat from its protective casing. Liquid inside uh, a, a lemon, for instance, to squeeze a lemon, you are squeezing the liquid out of a lemon, and there you're separating the mashka from the protective casing, which happens to be a food in this case, and therefore you are over the malacha of mafarik, which is a tolder of dosh. So any separating of food or any item from its protective casing either goes under the banner of dosh, which is a derisa, or mafarik, which is also a derisa, but it's a tolder of dosh. Not quite the malach of dosh, but it's a tolder of dosh. To give you two practical applications of the, two, of the difference between the dosh and mafarik would be eating peas on the pod in Shabbos. You have a, a pod of peas, and you open up the pod of peas, and you take out the peas. Now, make sure there's no worms in there. We've discussed this at, at length before. In fact, the last time I mentioned this, somebody went home and bought himself a, a pile of peas in the pod, opened up the first pod, and there was a nice big worm inside. There are worms in peas. But to open up a, pea, a, a pod of peas on Shabbos and take out those peas, you are doing exactly the same malacha as dosh. You are separating the oichel, a pea which is just connected by a very small point from its pod, you're eating it straight away, but there's no heta of the altar when it comes to the malacha of dosh. You could be over a malacha deraisa of dosh to eat peas on the pot and shops. Squeezing grapes, and we'll come back to squeezing that term at the end of the year, would be the mafarik. You take grapes and you squeeze it out in order to make grape juice on Shabbos, so you can have kiddush. You're separating a mashka. Juice of grapes is a, is a mashka, is wine. You're separating the mashka, the liquid, from the solid. So you are over the malacha mafarik. Again, it's a similar type of separating, not quite. The malacha of dosh, but it's a tolda of dosh, and therefore would be an, a malacha deraisa, and would, you, you, you would be over an issa deraisa. So, let's focus just for a few moments before we come back to the squeezing part of, of the malacha of dosh, which is the more 
applicable part. But let's for a moment focus on the first part of dosh, which is separating the actual kernel from the chaff, or separating peas from the pod. Let's go through some, some background and some understanding when that is said, when it is not said, because it has quite a lot of practical uh, applications. We should have, though we don't seem to be machme for them. So, for instance, if dosh is to separate the food from its protective casing, then why are we allowed to, and this is something we discussed in the Malachal Bayer, why are we allowed to peel vegetables or fruit on Shabbos? L'chayre, if I have an orange, I take an orange and I peel, the, peel away from the orange, what am I doing? Besides the Malachal Bayer, which we've got round, we've explained this, it's, it's also a mixture which I'm sorting, but why is it not also separating the food from its protective casing, which is what I'm doing. I'm taking the peel away from the food, so I'm separating the food from the peel. I'm, it's, it's almost an identical action as taking the kernel away from the chaff. Now we've explained in Melechus Boyer that that's quite clear in Halacha, very clear, so don't get nervous, that one is allowed to peel. The, the Ramos says quite explicitly that you're allowed to peel vegetables on Shabbos, and you're allowed to peel fruit on Shabbos as long as you're going to eat it within the, the, the coming meal. You can't peel for the next morning. You can't peel the orange and put it aside and, and, and decide to have it before you go to the the next morning. You have to fill the criteria of Bayer, which means you have to peel it in order to eat la'alta, whatever the la'alta means in the circumstances. But, when it comes to the malacha of dosh, there doesn't seem to be any malacha of dosh. Why is there no malacha of dosh when you peel a vegetable? Peel a banana, peel a, uh, an orange, or peel even a carrot. You're also removing the peel from the fruit. Now, with a carrot, for instance, or perhaps even a sugar snap, which is these edible peas in the pot, which are also full of worms, you, there it's not such a problem, because the pod and the peel of the carrot, or the pod of these little peas, these sugar snaps, are also edible. So when you separate two edible parts of food, both called food, then I'm not separating. I'm just dividing two, two, the food in half. So a sugar snap, if I take out the little, tiny little piece inside and leave the pod, that's fine because the pod's edible and the, the, the peas are edible. So I'm just really separating two foods. That's not, that's not malach of dosh. Dosh must be to separate a food from its protective case or a mashka, a liquid, from its food because that's two separate articles. A mashka and an oichel are two separate things. So that would cons- constitute a malach of dosh. But to peel a carrot, where I can actually eat the, the peel of a carrot, or a sugar snap, or anything on those lines, that's not a question. That's quite clear that there's no problem of dosh there. The question of dosh applies to an orange, to a banana, to onions, to anything like that, where it's clear in halacha that you're allowed to peel on Shabbos, and the whole worry is only malacha of bayra, but why is there no malacha of dosh at all? The question it stretches itself into eating, this is something which is commonly accepted that one does do, though it's not so clear in halacha that it's mutter, is eating peanuts, shelling peanuts on Shabbos, shelling hazelnuts. Uh, uh, most of us here have uh, cracked a hazelnut on Shabbos, at least when Toby Shvat falls on, onto Shabbos. We're all sitting there cracking open our hazelnuts and our peanuts. Well, not peanuts are not really part of Toby Shvat. Uh, and the peckins, etc., whatever you want to call them, which are all the different types of nuts which come in in a hard shell. Why is that mutter on Shabbos? When I open a hazelnut, the nut is... in sitting inside this hard shell on the outside and I'm cracking open this shell and I'm going to take out this nut and I'm taking a food away from its protective, sh- its protective casing. Why is that not a malacha of Dosh and Shabbos? Now this is an enormous problem in Shulchan Aruch. You see, the Shulchan Aruch does tell us that to take 
this is something which I didn't know until I learned halacha. If you actually take a hazelnut and look at it as it grows on the tree, you will see it has two casings. It has an outer shell, which we never see. By the time we get it, we buy it for, for, for Tobishvat, the outer casing has been taken away, and all we have is the hard inner casing. That is what we, we have. But the outer casing is definitely a malach of dosh. That's quite clear in Shulchan So why is the outer casing a malach of dosh, yet the inner casing seems to be mutter, and that's what we do. We are makel, the halacha, on opening up nuts and Shabbos. What is the exact criteria? How do we describe the malach of dosh in the circumstances of peeling? As I said, it's not clear. It's very unclear in, in, in halacha. The prima godim explains that the differentiation between peeling a, an orange, an onion, etc., to peeling pod, uh, to emptying peas out of a pod, which again is quite explicit in halacha that is also, is as follows. He says that when you have a peel which is directly on top of the food, which completely wraps around the food, like an orange, like a banana, onion, etc., in that case, we don't consider the peel as a separate item. We consider it part of the food. So therefore, though in Hilchus Boyeret, since it's not edible, we call it a mixture, but when it comes to dosh, we don't look at it as taking food away from its outer casing. We look at it as separating two separate foods. So any food, any fruit that has a peel which is close, closely attached to it, is not considered dosh. So that would rule out peeling a banana in Shabbos. It would rule out not rule out, me rule in. It would allow you to peel a banana on Shabbos, to peel an orange on Shabbos, to peel an onion on Shabbos, because these are all peels which are very closely wrapped around the fruit, and therefore there's no problem of dosh there at all. So that would solve the problem to a degree, why are we allowed to peel some fruits and vegetables, but yet when it, ca- when it comes to the peas in the pod, we're not allowed to, because the pea in the pod is not uh, wrapping around the pea. It's very thinly attached with a, with a little stem from the pea to the pod. So that compares to the corn or the wheat to the chaff, to the chaff. It's not a wrapping around, it's just loosely connected. But where the peel is wrapped around the fruit, says the Prima God, and that would be okay. He remains with a problem in two areas. First of all, peanuts would be a problem. Because pre- peanut is not uh, a very close wrapping like an orange. You can't compare a peanut in a, a shell to an orange peel. A peanut in a shell is more closely, closely resembles the pea in the pod. Much, much closer than it does to an orange in an orange peel. He remains with a worry there. Why are we allowed to shell peas in the pod, peas in the shells? The other area, which is also an interesting one, where he's not clear then according to the way he understands halacha, is garlic. To those of us who... By inch chasidim, Mrs. Graydon, we're very makrit garlic on Shabbos. To peel a garlic on Shabbos, now, a garlic, uh, for those who dare to open them, will, will know that there's an outer wrapping, a white outer wrapping. Then you take out these segments from inside the garlic, and then you have another wrapping around each segment. Mm-hmm. So, you here have two sets of wrappings. You have the outer wrapping and the inner wrapping. The inner wrapping would be no problem. That would be comparable to peeling an orange, peeling an onion. But the outer wrapping, that's not closely attached to the food at all. That's detached from the food. So, do we say there that that's Mutter and Shabbos, says the Prima Godemag, I'm not quite sure how that works, because there it's not closely attached to the food, I can't consider it part of the food, and therefore it should be forbidden for me to separate the outer wrapping of the garlic on Shabbos. That remains, causes a lot of problems for people who are quite particular to eat garlic on Shabbos. You can give us any closely wrapped 
wrapping. I'm not quite sure how to describe it in English. Any peel which is close to the food is completely mutter. That's clear. The question is, how do we get around hazelnuts, peanuts, the pecans, all these type of nuts where they are sitting inside the shell, but they're not closely wrapped, particularly by the, the, the shell. Why are they mutter? And under, in that banner goes garlic, etc. as well. So the Primagod is not quite clear. And he remains really with a Torahli and he says, I don't really have a very clear understanding of when dosh is mutter and when dosh is osa. If you can call them two separate peels. I'm not sure if you can call them two separate peels. It could, could all be all one peel. But yes, it would be the same problem. It would be, be the same problem. Yeah. However, the later poskim, in order to get around this problem, come out with a, a new theory. They've come out with a new theory which does solve most of the problems and it doesn't solve all the problems. And they say like this. They say that the melacha of dosh, threshing, has a, a, a component to it which is not by boyer. The melacha of dosh was nearly always done in the field. No one ever brought food home. No one brings home the corn or the wheat in the chaff and starts uh, uh, you know, stamping on it in the kitchen on the kitchen floor that just doesn't happen dosh is a malacha which is always done in the field therefore they say in order for something to be comparable to dosh it's got to be something which the malacha itself would be done usually away from the kitchen not prior to eating so there's no heta of la'alta when it comes to the malacha of dosh but in order for the malacha in order for something to be comparable to dosh it's got to be an action which is normally done out in the field, well that means in the factories, long before it comes anywhere near the place of eating. Anything which is separated at the point of eating, or any peel which is separated at the point of eating, won't go under the banner of dosh. Therefore they say, to peel garlic, the garlic is peeled just before you eat it. That's what you do. You don't separate the outer, the outer peel of the garlic and put it aside for, for two weeks' time, and then eat the garlic, you peel it just prior to your preparation when you're preparing the food, that's when you peel the outer layer and the inner layer, same with an onion you would peel the onion in one go anything which you don't peel in one go like a pea, peas in the pod, which is normally pea, normally they're separated in the factory and sent to you either in a tin or in a, in a plastic bag rarely, sometimes you might fancy eating peas in the pod but it's not the regular way of, sec- of separating peas from the pod it would normally be done in bulk prior to it arriving at your kitchen, that is considered dosh. But something which you would invariably separate in your kitchen, that's what it's meant, that's the normal way of things to be done, that doesn't go under the banner of dosh. Therefore, garlic would be okay, onions would be okay. Shelling peanuts is, as I said, questionable. Though the minigoylem is to do it, nowadays when, you know, we, are, we live in a world of laziness and instance, and we don't want to have to shell our peanuts, we want to be able to just they dig our hands into a bowl and eat them. Can you say peanuts are shelled just before eating? Perhaps 20, 30 years ago, that's how you ate them Friday night. You had your peanuts in your shells and you made a mess on your front room table and, and that's, how you, that's how you ate them. But nowadays, I haven't seen peanuts in the shells in the shops for a long time. So, I, pistachio nuts would be the same. Pistachio nuts would be the same, yes. Pistachio nuts, you do shell at the meal. That, that would be no problem at all. Even, even um, hazelnuts and peckins, etc., which do come in shells, often they are done in the kitchen. Perhaps peanuts are as well. I don't know. Uh, we don't. We don't. We're lazy. We don't shell our peanuts anymore. So it could be that they're considered still shelled 
prior to eating, and therefore there's no malach of dosh there at all, and that seems to be the minigaylum, because people do shell nuts on Shabbos. So what they're relying on is this chiddush of the, really it's a chiddush of the igletal, it's a chiddush of the, of the Abne Nezer, that's, uh, that, and it's brought down halach in, in all the later poskim, that any type of peel, shell, which is, is peeled or shelled close to the time of eating, rather than being peeled or shelled in the, in the field or in the factory, that doesn't go under the ban of dosh. It's missing one component of the malach of dosh, and that is being threshed in the field. That's mutter and Shabbos. So if we take both of those chidushim together, and you, we have the primigazim who tells us that anything which is closely wrapped is not considered dosh. Or anything which is shelled or peeled prior to eating Rather than being rather than done in a, in, a, in, a, in a huge amount in the field, is not considered dosh. We can now run through most of the vegetables, and we will find that most of them are completely mutter. So to peel bananas, grape juice, grapefruits, lemons, oranges, etc., any type of fruit would be completely mutter without this extra chiddush of the igletal, because they are closely wrapped around the fruit. So therefore, we consider it separating fruit from fruit. We don't consider it separating fruit from its outer shell. The same would apply to peeling all vegetables. Most vegetables will be considered close, to, are, are close. The peels are close to the fruit, to the vegetable, and therefore there's no problem in peeling. Shelling nuts, as we mentioned, would be the problem, and shelling nuts would be mutter if we take on this extra chiddush that since we shell nuts mainly just prior to eating, so therefore it misses that component of dosh, and therefore we are permitted to shell nuts on Shabbos. Removing peas from the pot or beans from their they're out of shells. Most beans we get are already shelled and given to you and there's no pod around them. We buy them in packets, checked and shelled and everything. All we have to do is just dump them in the chalant. To, to, to shell those in Shabbos or take them out of the pods in Shabbos would be a problem of dosh. So the only one which is really applicable is probably peas in the pod, which is maybe you would eat at home on a Friday night. Because peas in the pot are, 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 are it's, it's manufactured in bulk, and, and peas taken out of the pod in, in the factories, much much more so than there are some people who take them home to enjoy a few, but the main bulk of them are shelled in in in, in the factory. Sorry. Maybe, maybe. Uh, maybe I'm not sure that's true. Maybe it was. Uh, you would go to the market and just t- you'd buy it from the from the right. So they were also shelled before they got to the house. You would buy you would buy loose peas in in in, in a sack. You would buy peas in the pod. I'm sorry, I'm from the younger generation. From where you come from, maybe in France. That's right. I can't answer the the the, the mysteries. I don't know. I can just tell you what they say. Squeezing, what comes out? Squeezing is a different, a different story completely. Squeeze, squeezing veg, uh, uh, um, liquid from, liquid from, uh, from its uh, food, from its food bases, is a different story. That's a mloch and mafarik, and that, is, doesn't, that doesn't got a criteria. It's a tolder of dosh, doesn't need to match all the criteria of dosh exactly. We're coming up to that in a moment. That's the more practical. As I said to you, this is not so practical, but it just gives you a background to what dosh all is. The other case of dosh, which is interesting, is corn on the cob. Those who like to eat raw corn on the cob. Can you take the husks, or whatever they're called, these uh, green, long, big leaves, uh, p- peel, the, peel them off the corn on the cob? Now, anybody who's seen a corn on the cob will know that there's many, many layers, and very clearly separated layers of the 
of these uh, green leaves around the corn on the cob. And not just that, they're almost invariably separated before we get them, especially nowadays they're separated before we get them. You probably can if you're lucky, go to some odd greengrocer and you might find one or two lying around, but they mainly do come, they are mainly separated before we get them. So here we have both problems. They are separated mainly before we, they come to the kitchen, and can you consider it wrapped around the food when you have three or four layers of these husks around the, around the corner of the cob? If you like eating them raw, or you want to give it to your animal teeth. If you have an animal in the house who likes to eat corn, right? We're just talking in, in, in theory here. I said mo- most of what we've discussed is not really practical, except for shelling the nuts. That's again with the, some of the Poskin discuss, and anybody who has an animal who likes to eat corn should come and ask me, um, and we will sort something out, Mitzvah Shem. Dosh is a Malachish Asan Yomtev. Yeah, yeah, Dosh is not one of the Malachish Asan Yomtev. You could, yes, you could theoretically corn in Yomtev. Yeah. If you cook corn in the cob in Yomtev, it would be, could theoretically be a problem. Do you uh, practically buy corn with the leaves on and peel them? No, no. On Yomtev? I don't buy any. Uh, do, you, do, do you peel them on Yomtev? No, I don't buy them. I mean, I buy them. You buy them ready peeled? Oh. I peel them and cook them, but not on Yomtev. Well, okay, so then, then we have no problems. It's a problem. The post can talk about it. They're, 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 they're not clear. They're not clear. They're very not clear. Yes, yes. Dosh is one of the lochers which come prior to uh, to Alicia. Uh, yeah. Dosh is, is quite early on. Dosh is, is not uh, a cooking, not part of the cooking. It's part of the preparation of, of the, you know, prior to cooking. It could be also in Midrabonon, depending on how you understand the lochers of Yomtev, but... We don't do Dosh and Yomtev. Okay, let's move on to really the more practical side of Dosh and uh, something which you'll, you'll all appreciate a bit more. And we'll get, again go through the background and next week we'll go through all the practical examples of Dosh. The second half of Dosh which you mentioned is separating a liquid from a solid. Now, Min to be over the Menacha of Mefarik, of separating a liquid from a solid, it's got to be a liquid which is called a liquid from a solid which is called a solid. That means it's got to be a liquid which is called a mashka from a solid which is called an oichel. Or from a solid which is not an oichel, but it's got to be a mashka from something which is protecting it. There's no foods, there's only two types of food, two types of fruits, which minatayah, the liquid, is considered a mashka and not an oichel. Now, it's a terminology, but it's a terminology which really makes a difference to malachas dosh. To separate liquids from a solid and be over malach of dosh minatayah, you have to have a liquid which is called a liquid inside of the fruit and then you are separating that liquid from its oichel from the food and where it's based before you squeeze it out not nearly all fruits and vegetables the liquid inside the fruit is considered an oichel and therefore when you squeeze out the liquid from the fruit you are not separating a liquid from a solid you are separating two oichlin one from each other that is not a malacha of dosh so the only Cases of separating a liquid from a solid when it comes to fruit is grapes and olives. Olive oil, oil inside a grape is considered a mashka, inside an, uh, an olive is considered a mashka, and the liquid, the grape juice inside a grape is also considered a mashka. They have special qualities, according to some, some shitters, they can be makabal tumor, according to others, uh, 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 fruits of. Um, they have their own chiv meister, for instance, according to some shitters, other liquids from fruits don't have their own chiv meister. The only liquid which is considered a liquid, minatayu, is olives and grapes. 
So, if you squeezed olives and grapes on Shabbos, min you would be over the Isra Mefarik, which is a folder of Dosh. To separate the liquid, the mashka, from the Oichel, would be a Malacha of Dosh. That's not, min is not considered a mashka, no. It's, it, it, it's the same procedure. You're squeezing lemons and oranges is also the same procedure. We're not ten, I'm not saying it's mutter yet. We'll come back to that. But to squeeze min to actually find a squeezing of fruits, which is awesome, min and a person would have to, if he did a b'shege, would have to bring a chatos, would only be squeezing olives and grapes. So, squeezing olive, olives and grapes, whatever you squeeze it for, you're squeezing a juice out of, a, out of an oichel, a mashka out of an oichel, that's a malacha of dosh min Because that's such a serious worry, Chazal went on and spread the issa even further. And they said that if you have a pile of grapes or a pile of olives and the mashka, the juice, seeped out of the grapes or out of the olives on their own, you did absolutely nothing. You had a pile of grapes lying there and the heat of the, the grapes together caused some of the oil to, to seep out. Can I then, you come in the morning, you find a nice pool of oil at the bottom of your barrel, can I drink that oil on Shabbos, say Chazal, they made a gezeira, mashkin shezavu, mashka which seeps out of the fruits, of uh, uh, um, olives and grapes on Shabbos, is also to drink. So any liquid which naturally seeps out on its own from fruits, from olives and grapes, would be also to eat on Shabbos. Why? A gezeira, that if we allow you to drink the liquid that seeps out, you might come to squeeze the olives and grapes and be over malacha derisa. That's the first Rabbonon that we have when it comes to olives and grapes, squeezing mashkin from Eichel. Chazal then went a stage further and they said like this, any fruit or vegetable which is regularly squeezed mid even though minateria the mashkin is considered an Eichel, and when I squeeze those fruits and vegetables and I separate the juices from the, from the flesh of the fruit and vegetables, I'm not really separated a mashka from a moichel, I've really separated two oichlin, min but because it's such a similar process to squeezing olives and grapes, they then said you cannot squeeze any fruit and vegetable which is regularly squeezed. And in the time of Chazal, the only two vegetables or fruits that were regularly squeezed were strawberries and remoinim, what's a remoinim called? Pomegranates. And pomegranates. Those are the only two fruits that were regularly squeezed in the time of Chazal. Sorry? Because pomegranate juice is extremely healthy. It's taken them 2,000 years to realize that pomegranate juice is very healthy. So, the Shulchan Aruch tells us to squeeze tutim v'rimoinim, strawberries and pomegranates, midra bonon would go under the banner of mefarik. So we have so far, minatayra, you mustn't squeeze olives and grapes, Midrabonon, you mustn't drink the liquid, the, the oil and the grape juice that seeps out of the olives and grapes, whether you squeeze them or not. And now we have a third stage, another drabonon, where you can't squeeze tutim brimoinim, you can't squeeze strawberries and pomegranates. On top of that, Chazal came with a fourth issa, and they spread it even further, because squeezing is such a common action, and so easily and inadvertently can be done without thinking, and they went on and said, not just you can't squeeze strawberries and pomegranates, but mashkin, juice of a pomegranate and of a strawberry that seeped out on its own, in some cases will be forbidden to drink, not all cases. And here there's a differentiation between the drabonum and the derisa. If these fruits 
were intended to be squeezed, they were standing there ready to be squeezed, and you intended to squeeze them after Shabbos, then if it seeped out on its own, you're not allowed to drink the mushkin. If, however, these fruits were there to be eaten, and it seeped out on its own, then there's no problem. Then you can drink the juice. So if you had a pile of strawberries, and the, some of the juice of strawberries seeped out, and you intended to cut it up and put it, put it on a flan on Shabbos, then you can drink the juice as well. But if you intended to, to, to make it, put it into your smoothie and make it into some strawberry drink, then it would be also to drink the juice that seeped out of Shabbos. Those are the four stages which are clear in Shulchan Aruch. Olives and grapes is awesome in Atari to squeeze. All juice that comes out of olive and, olive and grapes is awesome in Jabonon. Strawberries and pomegranates to squeeze is awesome in Jabonon. And if they are in preparation for being squeezed, the juice uh, seeped out on its own, and it will be forbidden to drink the juice as well. Moving on from there, along comes... Just on Shabbos, yeah. Yeah, that, no, after Shabbos is fine. Yeah. Because that's made to eat. So any juice that comes out is fine. That, that's really where... That, 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 that little clause which Chazal will make along on the Drabonon is very, very... It's very important. Extremely, extremely imperative that one realizes that. Juice which comes out when it's oimad lachida, when it's there to eat, not as a squeezing fruit, is fine. Chazal then went a stage further. Well, it's a, not clear. The remark comes along and went, goes one stage further. And he says like this, Minatayah, we only know about olives and grapes. Midrabonon, we know about strawberries and pomegranates. However, what would happen if you live in a town where everybody squeezes oranges? Everybody buys oranges and squeezes oranges and makes orange juice. Says Ramon, in that case, in that town, oranges would have the same halacha as strawberries and pomegranates. Because in that town, everybody squeezes oranges. So in that town, that's fine. Along comes the... So we now, we've now spread it a bit. We have the two which are awesome in Atayra, grapes and olives. We have the two which are definitely awesome in Jabonon, that's Totem, strawberries and pomegranates. The Ramaz now spread it to any town that they naturally... that the normal way in that town is to squeeze that type of fruit. That would be a problem. The Magnavron comes along and stretches it even further. And he says that not just any town that naturally squeezes a certain type of fruit. What would happen if I lived in a second town? And there we don't squeeze oranges. But the reason why we don't squeeze oranges is because we have a shortage of oranges. We don't have enough oranges to squeeze. But had we had enough oranges, then we would also squeeze. Then that town's also forbidden to squeeze oranges on Shabbos. It would be the same as Tottenham mining. The Bach goes a stage further and he says, just don't squeeze any fruits. <laughs> the Mishnah Brewers, in his time, already they came out with a new invention of, of making apple juice. So he writes, to squeeze apples on Shabbos would be awesome. Because in my time, says the Mishnah Brewers, they, they make apples, they take apples and they squeeze them. And since it's naturally normal, a normal thing for people to do to squeeze apples, apples would now, according to the Ramah, would go under the banner of Tutim, Rimonim, and therefore it would be awesome to squeeze them on Shabbos. And again, any juices which come out of the apple on their own, if it's Oymad Lachile, it would be Mutter. If it's Oymad Mashkin, the Shechita, would be Asa. This Maneno, nowadays, there probably isn't a vegetable or a fruit that's not squeezed. 99.9% uh, .9 of people have smoothie makers at home, whether they use them or not is another matter. And they make uh, all different types of strange concoctions. All different types of fruits and vegetables are squeezed into fruit, to, in, into liquid. So to say that there's any type of fruit or vegetable which is 
not squeeze is difficult. And therefore, bismanene will be probably be also to squeeze any type of fruit or vegetable for its juice. So, to come to practical halacha lamaisa, what we have here is min and issa to squeeze anovim and zesim, midrabonom and issa to squeeze all different types of fruits and vegetables. Because most fruits and vegetables are, whether maybe a kiwi is not considered squeezable, I have no idea, but the, most fruits which are possible to be squeezed are usually are squeezed. Probably even a passion fruit is squeezed, I don't know. If you, if you can, I can't, yeah? Squeezing any fruit, the chayyah would go under the banner of schita midrabonom. So therefore, any fruit which is omed l'schita, any fruit which you're about to use to be squeezed, would go under the banner of dosh. Any mushroom which flows out from that fruit on Shabbos wouldn't be allowed to be eaten. If you have an orange and you're making a, a fruit salad and some juice came, came out but you had no intention of squeezing the orange, you intended to eat the orange, then you can even drink the, the, the juice as well. So that takes us to the practical halacha of dosh of squeezing. We will actually go much further with this next in, in the coming year. We will discuss squeezing um, cloths, squeezing all different types of roots, fruits, uh, vegetables, lemon and lemon teas, etc. All the different cases of mefarik that are possible in nursing mothers, how, how, how one can express them. Shabbos, all these halachas which are very practical and all go under the banner of mefarik. We will discuss with Hashem in two weeks' time. You, you, that's a different story. We haven't got to that. To squeeze onto food means you're not separating a mashka from an oichel. You're just keeping it as an oichel. And that's why that's considered mutter. But we'll come back to that next week. Here we're talking about separating, are you with me? To squeeze juices out of a fruit as a juice is considered mafarid. To squeeze it onto another food, you're not separating the juice from the fruit. You're keeping two foods as two foods. So that's not mafarid. And because we're talking about drabonons, and it's the same as a lot of the monochas in Boya, the, the description of when it is dosh, when it isn't dosh, is very fine. And therefore, uh, to say too much in one week, I've probably said enough and muddled you up enough so far. Uh, hopefully we'll clarify it in two weeks' time. All we've discussed so far is squeezing fruits and vegetables for the juices in order to drink. If there's any other way of allowing you to squeeze fruits and vegetables, we'll discuss with Shem in two weeks' time. Squeezing, as we said, squeezing sponges, etc., all that um, tablecloths which are wet, all that type of squeezing, we will discuss with Shem. Hopefully we'll get it all through in the next next year in two weeks time just to finish off with a very short we we stand here in the middle of Pashat Mishpatim Pashat Mishpatim is the is the sedra which describes most of the halachas of what we call Chosh Mishpat the halachas of monetary matters be it through damages be it through borrowing etc all different types of monetary matters are discussed in Pashat Mishpatim the Chazal Telas in Bob Basra someone who wants to be wise he should spend his time on learning understanding monetary law why that's considered someone who has to be wise needs understanding spending your life on Pashas Mishpatim why has that got to do why does that make you wise why is it any wiser than learning Shabbos than learning any of the other halachas which are so, so applicable as well to our everyday life again we have another Chazal where Chazal tell us Chazal quote a Pasuk but Shlema Melech, when Shlema Melech made two takonas, Shlema Melech instituted two very early, perhaps two of the first drabonons that we have. One is Netilas Yudayim, the washing our hands for food is a takona of Shlema Melech, already from Shlema Melech. And the second one is, is Hilkas Erevin, the halachas of not carrying from one Shusayachot to another Shusayachot. And when one can 
carry from one Shusha Yochid to another Shusha Yochid, they were instituted by Shleim HaMelech. And again there, Chazal quotes a Pasuk, and they label Shleim HaMelech as Chacham Lev. They call him, if he could institute these two Takonas called Erevin and Atilus Yedayim, that's amazing, he must be a wise man. So what we need to understand is why is Shleim HaMelech considered a wise man just because he instituted those two new halachas. He invented two different types of halachas which turned him into a wise man. And we find the same thing with learning Chayshem Mishpah, learning the Manichil Manichil Law, also considered someone who is wise. What's the connection? Why is that considered wise? So the Avne Nezer, the Sakhachavah, who is somebody we mentioned in the Shetanah, the Eglital, is the same person, he comes out with a very novel idea. And he says like this, he says, to differentiate, to make a differentiation between good and bad, you have something which is good, good fruit and the bad fruit, that's simple. That doesn't need much wisdom. Most people can see the difference between good and bad. But when you have two good things in front of you, and to be able to differentiate between two good things and understand that something which is good has its purpose and the other thing which is good has its purpose, and not to muddle the two together and make a clear division between two good things, that's already wisdom. That needs somebody who's a chacham. Malmachi law goes down that road. I have money and you have money. Both our money are good things. They're there for a good purpose. They're going to be used for the right things. They are both good. They're both type. They're both spiritually type. To be able to come along and differentiate which money is mine, which money is yours, and have clear guidelines and placing of each of those two good things, that's wisdom. That's true chachmas. So Chazal say, Why? Because dinamomnes is differentiation of two good things. To differentiate in what's called the Malachah Shabbos and what's called the not a Malachah and Shabbos, that's simpler. That's good and that's bad. To do a, to do a Malachah and Shabbos is bad. Not to do a Malachah and Shabbos is good. It's very simple. We know. Don't do a Malachah and Shabbos. Do a Malachah, keep Hilchah Shabbos. That's fine. That's simple. That's not wisdom. Separating bad from good is not wisdom. But to differentiate it within the good itself and, and understand that each piece of good had its own purpose and not to muddle the two, that's wisdom. So, so he says, Igvital, that's the same thing over here with Shleim HaMelech. Shleim HaMelech instituted two Takonas, Erevin and Matilda Sidaim. The main Malach of Shabbos is that one's not allowed to carry from Rishusha Yochit to Rishusha from a private domain to a public domain. A public domain is a place where, as in the words of Rick Miller, he would call it a jungle. The outside world is a jungle. That's evil. That's where the, the power of Tumor is. The Rishusha is considered a negative place. Prima, a person should stay at home. The private domain is the positive. So to say that one can't carry from the public domain from the private domain into the public domain, that's okay. That's simple. That's that's not wisdom. That's separating the good from the bad. That goes without saying. That doesn't need much chachma to it. But Shlomo Melch came one stage further, and he he forbade you from carrying from my own private domain into your private into the next door's private domain unless I turned it into one single rishus. That is called Chachma, because he's differentiating between the purpose and my purpose in life, my own Rishus, and your <coughs> private domain, that takes wisdom. That took the Chachma of Shlomo Melech to understand that everything in life, every two good things, have their own purpose and mustn't be muddled, mustn't be mixed together. The same thing is with Natila Sidaim. Natila Sidaim is, is strange in its Takama. We have a person here who's completely Tahoe. He's pure. There's absolutely nothing impure about him. But yet we say that a certain part of him which might be slightly less pure than the actual person himself. And that's the extremities, and that's the hands. The hands are the extremities, and the power of Tumah has always attached itself to the extremities before it can reach the actual person. So David HaMelech understood that though the hand is part of the person, and it's both really two entities of a good thing, man being a good person, a good thing, 
two parts of a good person, so it's really two good, two, two things which are good, yet he understood and he realized that because one's the extremity and the others are not, that they have slightly different slightly different halachas, they, they have slightly different, they're affected slightly differently by the outside world. So the hands can become tamay even though the person can't. That's a chokhmah, to be able to differentiate between two good things and realize that within two good things there's a differentiation, that's wisdom. That's the chokhmah of Shlomo Melech and that's the chokhmah of, and that's the chokhmah of the nemominus. An element of that chokhmah we find in Hilchus Dosh and that's where we apply it here. Dosh is the same thing, you're separating two good things, you have a, a, an orange which the pulp of the orange is, is perfectly good and the juice is perfectly good or a grape where the grape is excellent and the juice is excellent but at the same time we are separating two good things and turning one into a mask and one into an oichel that's a malachim which Rabbanon their chazal understood in their wisdom that here we have a case of two good things which though they they are both good they have their own purpose and they mustn't be separated on Shabbos so again we find this idea of not separating two good things even though they're both good with respect to the halachas of Shabbos those are the halachas of Dosh that we're learning it's a message for all of us we live in a world of, of evil but within our own goodness each one of us is, is good everything that we do is good and we have to realize each one of us has our own tough good in life two good things don't have to be identical there's, an, there's a place and a point for every single person every action etc even though they're all good it doesn't mean just because we're all good we have to be one single unit every person has a tough good in life and that's the idea of the Chachma of, of Chesh Mishpot that we should use our tough kids, use our goodness for what, we, what, what the purpose of our own purpose is not get muddled with everybody else's not look over our shoulders and think if so and so is doing that so we can also do that we have our own tough kids in life that's the Havchana that's the division of two good things and because of that we should be zeichet to, to keep Hilk as Dosh as we should and be zeichet to the Bias Hagoyl where we can keep Shabbos simply Be'ez Hashem Amen Amen